my goodness. It is 2021. Somehow. Some way. We made it. All right. To 2021. 2021. No! How dare you? I Shut it. What? My door does not latch. Well... These are things we should know by now. This is why the Podfest is not the ideal recording location for right. this podcast. Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, shut the door. Yeah, use your thumb. Use your opposable claws. Use your opposable claws. God. Dogs. We like to watch movies and talk and such and then play some drinking games and maybe drink too much as a libated film critic. We have a podcast. Libated film critic. Oh, yeah. Well, you know it always starts out a shit show, but it is here. And if you are listening to this podcast and it's reaching your ears, it's the Live Beta Film Critic Podcast, where we watch movies, drink, and occasionally know things. I'm L.A. I am Rachel. And you're you, and we think that's cool, too. So... We've established it's 2021. It's not 2020, because I keep fucking the date up, because apparently... I just don't know anything anymore. It's also much nicer to write. It is. I, I, no, 2020 is easier to write. Oh, I agree. I don't Cause like it's 2020. The 2021, like. no. I'm How about just 22222? Can we just skip to that? Just have all four twos? No. Just, can, I'm just going to start writing it. It's going to be 2222. Did you now. see that February 22nd, 22 is actually going to be on a Tuesday? <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's going to be Tuesday. The power of the twos. So many twos. So many twos. Many. Well, actually, that's a kind of a good segue point, but we're going to hold that thought for a minute. Um, today's episode, actually, we'll just segue it now. Segway. Why? Why hold it? Today, our podcast is all about numbers. We're going to teach you how to count, y'all. But count. One, two, two three. Ah, ah, ah. Cute thunder and lightning. Sesame Street theme music. <laughs> For real. So Trademark. if you didn't if you didn't catch our announcement last week, we have a new format. It's new, not necessarily improved. It's just different. Um, if you listen to it, you're in the know. If not, we're trying to bring you more quality content, less of the total and utter shenaniganized chaos. We're trying to be podcast responsibly now. Okay, so we'll still be slipping. Bleh. Slipping? We're going to be slipping up. Lots of slipping. Lots actually. of slip-ups, because I can't talk. <laughs> we're going to still be sipping libations. That will never change. Though we're going to put some more effort into crafting our own cocktails and crafting some quality content. So that's the plan. Craft. Yes. Much craft. Much pod. Such Should we craft. call it podcraft? Podcrafting? Pod I kind of like this. This is new. TM is trademarked by Libated from Critic. You File can't have it. one away. So this year has been nuts. Um, we kind of fell off the podcast bandwagon, as we always do. It seems it's summertime. Fall a heart last year. It, we're gonna try. That's why we're only doing two episodes a month this year. That's I, kind of always been our goal. It's never really been more than two. Well, we always tried. To, we tried to do too much because then we had like our screenshots and like all this other stuff. But we're just gonna simplify. Twenty twenty one is all about the simplifying, and you know, the simplification of things. I've been watching so much movies so many so many much movies so mm -hmm. much tv i just like that's the i like the whole like let's disassociate in a blanket fort and just forget about everything that's happening escapism been, escapism is ripe and rampant so i know for me personally one of the things that literally saved my sanity has been the mandalorian I knew can, we, can we talk about this i i'm a we're this is a star wars fan podcast this i would say truth. absolute truth it is 100% true. Mandalorian's literally saved my 
boredom. My boredom, my life, my livelihood. I owe it all to Baby Yoda. I'm starting a cult called the High Cult of Baby Yoda. No. What? I don't know. That I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> That's not happening. I just missed that completely. <laughs> no, but I just like I just love it. And it just is like old Star Wars and it just feels so good and it's been helping. Good me. old Star Wars. Yes. That I've been watching that a lot. This um, is a very divided household about what? Certain trilogies. Um, four, five, and six is the penultimate trilogy. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, absolutely. I just don't like the new stuff that came up. Oh, I don't either. I'm anti, vehemently anti. Oh no, no, no. It. Yeah, no. The best thing Disney has done is Poe Dameron. Oh yeah. Po- oh fine. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Poe Dameron. Poe is okay. Poe Dameron, and. The Mandalorian. I feel so bad. Pedro Pascal's back must hurt so much for, for carrying for all carrying Star Wars. the weight of the Disney <laughs> Star Wars universe. Bless him, Pedro Pascal. Um, that segues. I've been watching Narcos. What else did I watch? I've been watching. Uh, we Clone did Wars. just watch Triple Frontier because of we him did. and our on... good old boy Garrett. I know. Also, and then also his BFF Oscar, Oscar Isaac. <laughs> With a little bit of bat fleck thrown in, oh which my was gosh. unexpected. And Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. Oh, yeah. From Crimson Peak. It. It's just like, if we could cherry pick a bunch of actors we like and put them in one movie, save for Ben Affleck, because I don't like his face. I used to really like Ben Affleck. You though. did. I had a... I did like him. One of my favorite... There is one Ben Affleck movie that I absolutely love, and it is Dogma with Matt Damon. I like them together. I love them because they're real life BFFs, and it's I just, just like have us. a soft spot for people who are friends. best friends yes. in Hollywood for real. But yeah, we've been. This is now turning into a Pedro Pascal stand podcast. <laughs> Six months ago, it was Henry Cavill. Six. Well, we we hadn't even like we didn't podcast during Henry Cavill, but we stand Pedro Pascal here. We stand mm-hmm. Garrett Hedlund. We stand Harrison Ford. We stand. Oh, yes. The list goes on. We stand Carrie Fisher. The list goes on and on and on. But enough about what I've been watching. What have you been watching? A lot of what you've been watching. Um, I went through this weird rom-com phase over the last two days. That and you've been watching a lot of West Wing. I haven't finished it. And you know what? They took it off of Netflix New Year's Eve. Do you know what episode I had left? The finale. The finale. Oh my god. I was watching Buffy, and I, was, I just never finished it, and then I realized they just took it off Netflix, like the 23rd or the 24th. Oh my goodness. And now it's no longer on there, and now it's on HBO. I just canceled HBO. Oh, I did watch... That's what well, I watched. I watched Avatar last summer. I watched summer. Avatar last Airbender. I watched, watched Legend Korra. of Korra. I did not. I, not um, I watched Buffy. We just started watching Angel together, because mm-hmm. Rachel has never seen Angel, and so we needed to fix that, so we're working on that. But there's just so much good content out there and it just goes to show you speaking as someone who is in the industry how important entertainment and arts is as a career thank you very much because without us you would have nothing to watch yeah between that and video games i think i've had a weird renaissance too i can't i can't acquiesce on the uh, video game part because i cannot play video games you cannot it is this house does (laughs) this house does um if y'all have not heard my my other half <laughs> don't know why that was such agitation. Time Ghost 297 is officially a Facebook Twitch gamer. So is he? he's, he's, he's been official. playing some things. I think he's playing, um, I want to say Outlander, but I know that's the Netflix show. Has he been playing Borderlands? Uncharted. That's oh, what it is. Okay. Uncharted. I see. I don't know video games. No, this I'm trying something... to figure out like the association. 
Out, Outlander, Borderlands. Uncharted, Uncharted has okay. to do with maps. <laughs> I don't know yeah. exactly. I know nothing when it's it like comes Lost, to video games. The video game. Lost. The video game. Oh, I've not restarted Lost. I don't want Ooh, to. That, that could be a good one. You've never seen it. I have seen the pilot and I have seen the end. Oh, the finales. You have to be like emotionally ready to watch that. Yeah. I finale. don't know. That could be one. I think it would be mm. hilarious if we watch the first episode of something and the last episode of something and try and write something about it. I like I like that. Like the I would do that about that shows I have zero intention of watching. I would do that for shows I don't want That's to watch. That's true. But yeah. So <clears throat> moving moving from all of the things yeah. that we've watched. Needless to say, there are lots of good things. So hopefully you can glean some good recommendations from our podcast. So uh, yeah, feel as, good stuff is what we've been watching. Feel good, good old feel good escapism. Good old escapism, nostalgia, you know, the yes. years. So we are bringing you some hot recommendations today from movies that have numbers in the title that was decided in our intro episode to let you know what we are going to be watching. And so this isn't exactly a genre of film, so I can't... That's really... why it made it so hard to research, because it it's make not it... really a genre in it itself. It is not. So, normally in this part... Oh, Jesus. Normally, in the part. part of this podcast, we would be telling you all about, like, why spaghetti westerns are awesome and why this is cool. We can't exactly do that. So, my idea was numerology. So, I thought that was kind of cool. So, we still don't know each other's films, but Rachel, tell me if this applies to you. So, you oh, told crap. me... I forgot to look up the numerology of it. Oh, I did. Don't worry. Well, fine. I looked it up for you. I did your research for you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um. So the numerology number of your movie title was seven, which yes. is what you told me. Correct. So, numerology has to do with like, you know, like your life path and the, the general theme of this number and like what's associated with it in spirituality. Mm. And so I figured maybe it applies to the movie. So the number okay. seven... Simula- or simulizes, oh my god, symbolizes humanity's deep inner need to find depth, meaning, and spiritual connection. When the creature needs of food, self-expression, material, and domestic achievements have been met, we then turn to the deeper levels of life to learn or to educate ourselves to find purpose. And I put, I guess in my notes, I put spirituality, y'all. Nice. <laughs> That's what I put. Does that apply to your film in any way, shape, or form to a character? Uh, okay, wait. Read the middle part again. Yes. When your basic creature comforts are met, you're able to turn to the deeper levels of your life. On the surface level? Maybe. Maybe. All right, well, what is the ending? It says, um, once you turn to the deeper levels of life to learn to educate ourselves to find our purpose. Find our purpose. It's all about spirituality, y'all. Uh... Uh, on a surface level, it does kind of have to do with finding a purpose. I feel like these are kind of broad. So in this some way, broad. shape, or Here, form, you could see. like fit that square peg in that round hole somewhere. Oh my gosh. That's um, so mine, the numerology of my film was three. So a very packed symbol. The number three represents the mind-body-soul triad, a birth-life-death cycle, and many combinations of the three which exemplify an important life journey necessary to complete the soul's objective during the lifetime. Number three is also associated with a prophetic. Number three is the primary source of originality and individuation. Many things come easily when this number is hanging around. The number three is all about mm. abundant and happy communications. Now, the end of this 1000% does not align <laughs> with okay. the film I okay. picked. But having to do with the birth, life, death cycle as well as prophetic 
did very much hit the theme of my film. And okay. I was like, okay, go on no numerology with your bad self. It kind of fits. I would not say that the film I picked at all is happy or abundant, but say lovey. So, Rachel. Oh. I'm reading more. I'm on numerology.com looking up seven. Uh-huh. And yes and no. A lot of it's does have to do with it's like the the student is what it, it's always looking for the answers to the universe mm -hmm. um analytical powers are off the charts and these skills become an asset to any project mm -hmm. or team mm -hmm. they may come across as a bit awkward in groups or when meeting new people however their social circle tends to be a small one made up of people with like-minded interests mm. um number seven people don't tend to be religious even though they are spiritual creatures Interesting. um knowledgeable yet wise in a spiritual way more connected to their higher self than most kind of applies but not necessarily i don't know like i figured it would be close but mm -hmm. maybe not exactly mm -hmm. on the nose because i feel like numerology can fit it's like one of those like one size fits all kind of sort of if things you're i'm not for an signs, expert you'll find signs exactly That's what it's like like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost yeah well rachel <laughs> since you're we're watching your movie first uh! Do you want to tell me what you picked? I, I literally, like, I've no been idea. sitting here None from whatsoever. from what I know, yeah. the numerology of the titles number seven, yeah. and that it is, I asked Mark, um, Mark is playing, like, referee for us, so he's making sure that we don't pick the same films. He did tell me that it is, like, crime. Yeah. That's all he told me. Yeah, it's a crime caper. I guess caper would almost Ooh, be a better a way. caper. Yeah. Ooh, I like it. I, I literally have no idea. I mean, I really don't think you've seen it. Okay. And it is a little-known film. I found out, this was part of my trivia, this movie went direct to DVD in Germany. And it's called huh. The Wronged Man in other languages. Okay. Because the, the way it translates, it it is already, like, a different language, basically. So it mm -hmm. translates and stupidly. So every other place calls it The Wronged Man. Here in America, however, this film goes by the amazing title of Lucky number Slevin. Lucky number Slevin. I have seen this movie. I thought you hadn't seen I it. I have seen it. I love it. This is a good one. Okay. Because I was trying, I thought you were going to go old school because when you told me crime, I immediately thought noir and I'm sitting here like, what's a noir film with a number in I, it? I, I kind of wanted to do that. I also, I really wanted to do Ocean's Eleven just to do Ocean's Eleven. Mm. I wanted to do the Fifth Element because I haven't seen it. Oh, Fifth Element's bonkers i just watched it for the first time like, and i forget let me see because i <laughs> went through and just kind of randomly picked and i uh -huh. cannot for the life of me remember i have to find my text to mark and be like what were the other movies i almost picked oh yeah because they were bizarro <laughs> so i don't remember what i picked no i can't okay so oh two weeks notice was my other choice but i, was okay. I couldn't think of a third okay, and there's no weeks, way i would really have done that two weeks notice is a good a good choice. but i was really considering doing oceans 11 just because that is a great film in general and there's oh. so many good stars i really but i typed out lucky number seven so i was love it yeah why did you or so that answers my question why did you pick this one because you wanted to i wanted to but also because it's not very well known and I'm not, I can't see. Okay, don't I have 2015 vision and I cannot see that good. <laughs> but that's only with contacts in. Um, I really like crime movies and I don't know why, but I like fun crime capers. Mm -hmm. A caper so is like more like... the great like, Muppet caper? Yes, yes. I like it where it's crime, <laughs> where things kind of go wrong and it's not just like a, 
The Town. It was serious, but not a crime okay. caper. Also Ben Affleck. Yeah. So. Capers are like fun <laughs> crime. Or like you see the planning and then there's always like a twist at the end. Mm. I love the, the wait, what at the end of this movie yes. is amazing. Yes. Uh, it's I don't really. Words. Rem- I don't remember this movie very much, Good. so, so it's it'll be like you it, haven't seen it. It'll. It's gonna be uh, like I, I saw. It I like the wait what, and I like the guys who play the bad guys in it because Just like I haven't seen the that. two people who play the bad guys don't usually play bad guys. Ooh, and I really like that. I'm into that. And also, this was like one of the last things Josh Hartnett was, was in before Penny Dreadful. He like mm. fell off after this movie. Interesting. And then also Lucy Liu is. I love Lucy Liu. But she's phenomenal in this movie because she's not out there kicking ass. She's not her normal badass self. She's the like the quirky girl next door practically. I love it. I'm so she's almost it. playing like a Zoe Deschanel character. Weird. But it's her. Yeah, and I don't they remember had, this The at two all. of them were like, we would do a sequel, and everyone else was like, there's not really enough room for a sequel. They're like, but I would be in a movie with them in a sequel. And they were never in another movie together. But I guess she said, this is more of my trivia, this was the most fun she's ever had on a film. Really? This was the most fun she had filming a movie because it was it's just so, like, fun and not serious. Like, she didn't have to fight anyone. There's no choreography. It was just she fun just for her to, to film. Be. Oh, yeah. how fun. Yeah. So I'm Lucy Liu liked this movie. I, I seriously do not remember this movie oh. at all. So I'm really pumped to watch this. Oh. That's and Bruce Willis pick. is in it, too. I keep forgetting. Okay, well, segueing. Bruce Willis is also in the movie I picked. Did you pick The Fifth Element? I did not. Why? Let me set the scene for you. Are you ready? Wait, 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 wait. It's a number with Bruce Willis. Okay, hold, hold, please. Wait, can I tell? I have to tell you what my guesses for your movie was. Okay. What are, what are the guesses? <laughs> Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. <laughs> that would have been a great one. I didn't even think of that. And then The Hobbit, Battle of Seven Armies. Five Armies? Five Armies. No, I would never pick The Hobbit. Those I movies know. are trash. The Two Tower. I, I thought about The Two Towers as well. That would be Because I, one. one, haven't seen it in a while. And Two Towers is kind of the best of the trilogy. It is kind of. Rohan! Um, first of all, Horse Lords. Second of all, Legolas going down the stairs. The Elephant! The shield. Ah! No, no, no. That's oh, in the stairs. third one. You're right. It's in the Helm's stairs. Deep when he's like. Sorry, I thought. Like, the Two Towers is technically a number. I actually thought. The movies I thought you were going to pick before I tell you mine. Yeah. I thought you were going to pick 10 Things I Hate About You. I did think about that. Um, There's a lot of good options with How numbers. to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And I watched that on my own because I didn't pick it. And then Seven Psychopaths. Those were the three I thought you were going to pick. Oh, I forgot about Seven Psychopaths. Uh-huh. Those were the three I thought you were going to pick. Oh, um, isn't Garrett in that too? No, that is um, Oh, Colin Farrell and Tom Waits. Oh, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. So let me set the scene for you for this movie. It's 1996 grunge. All human survivors live underground as the world is now run by animals. Cole, played by the stalwart Bruce Willis, is sent back in time to prevent a deadly virus outbreak by procuring the untainted, pre-mutated sample of a virus to stop the death of five billion earthlings. Tilt a world of overacting, derelict, literal cacophony of madness, a delusional bad pr- bleh, a delusional Brad Pitt, sci-fi mad scientist villain played by Christopher Plummer. We are watching the Twelve Monkeys. That's what the Twelve yes, Monkeys is about. It is. You feel like one of the things I love about this film is it's ter- first of all it's Terry Gilliam who is one of my favorite directors of yeah. all time. So it's got this like screwbally 
Monty Python-esque overacting in, in these actors. And Brad Pitt's in it? Brad Pitt is in it. What? And Brad Pitt, literally to get him to act the way that Terry Gilliam wanted, they took away Brad Pitt's cigarettes to make him twitchy. <laughs> Because man's so always good. eating or smoking, right? And so it give it gave him this like really shifty because he plays a mental patient. In, okay. In this, um, it, and Christopher Plummer. Yes. Nice. This movie has a lot of like when you watch it, it's supposed it's supposed to be a dark comedy, which there those are, are the best. There are dark aspects comedies. of it that are funny, but it is very dark, and okay. it kind of it kind of is um. What did I say? It feels like your flux capacitor has been fluxed after you watch this film because there are a lot of intentional choices. Wait, so why is my movie going first? Because mine doesn't end well. Oh, okay. So. No, yours is go. So we're watching mine first. We're, we're watching yours next. Because uh, you said yours is, ends well. Mine does not. I mean, yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. Go. So it's like the intentional choices. Like they use a lot of tilt shots, which you know are my bane of the uh, bane of my existence. I hate Dutch tilts. They make me so mad. A um, lot of jarring angles. It's a lot of like, like feel to the film. And it's a lot of like back and forth because there is time travel involved. So you really, it's, it doesn't pander to the audience. It expects you to pay attention, which I really do enjoy about this film. And it's, it's really fucking kooky. And it's always, it's been a favorite, a fave of mine since film school. So, and it's also the film where I fell in love with Tom Waits. So. This is the film. Yes. the One of the songs in the opening credits is The Earth Died Screaming by Tom Waits. And I just remember I had to Google it immediately while we were watching this in one of my film school classes. And I'm like, who sings this song? And it was Tom Waits. And I've been well, kissing okay, it ever then. since. So, yeah. So, are we ready to do the dang thing? I am kind of excited because I've thought 12... I don't know even what I thought 12 Monkeys was about. Yeah. 12 Monkeys. Pissed. 12 Monkeys is baller. Oh, the other movies I picked. So... 12 Monkeys was my top choice. 2001 A Space Odyssey was my second choice. I thought about that briefly because I've actually never seen it either. It's really good. I, it's, Especially it's, with all the monoliths. I really gave that a thought and my yeah. thing was going to be because of <laughs> all the monoliths. <laughs> That'd be great. I was uh, very... I kind of considered it. Yeah, it would it would be a good choice. Um, and then my third one, which is also a Bruce Willis movie, I just realized the Sixth Sense because <laughs> I love it. Really, I love the Sixth Sense. That's my favorite M Night Shyamalan. It's my favorite Kubrick movie, and it is my second favorite Terry Gilliam movie. Interesting. So I picked a bunch of my favorites, but um, so we're gonna give you we're gonna go watch these movies the next bit of this podcast is the play-by-play of us reacting to watching these movies we're gonna keep it brief because i don't know what's gonna happen so here we go ready to dive in Ta-da! Deep. i can't believe we both chose movies with bruce willis i know what are the chances why is he in so many movies with numbers but also fifth element he's in that one too oh god and sixth sense damn Ooh, very dramatic gloving of the hands this is why he's bald. He keeps having to put ridiculous headpieces on for his movies. He's a is he he has hair in Die Hard. Barely hair. His his hair follicles die hard. <laughs> Did you know that Bruce Willis actually got kicked out of a CVS recently for refusing to wear a mask? Yeah, and uh, someone's like, can you imagine being the CVS person who had to tell Bruce Willis to fuck off? <laughs> Here's what I don't get. If they have the power to go back in time, I feel like they could be doing a lot more than just fiddly research. They could have actual sleeper cell agents going back and not prisoners. 
you would think that they would do something along those lines, but as as it is with every time travel movie, time travel paradox, you change one thing, you could drastically change the course of the future. What the hell? Welcome to the world Terry of Gilliam? a Terry Gilliam film. <laughs> you imagine just leaving a room and that's what you say every time. What would you say? Fuck the bozos. <laughs> no! What? He's the man in the Hawaiian shirt who gets shot. He's the man who gets shot. I get a point, right? You get a point for that. Okay. He looks so weird with hair. He looks like Nicolas Cage with hair. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a very awkward kiss. That was the worst kiss I think I've ever seen in a movie. That was bad. What? What the frack? What the cuss? Oh, there he is. He's right there. In the yellow. No shit. That's why his hair's light. It's that dude. The dude who went to go visit her and kept talking about... Oh, he was the one who was talking about overpopulation. No, you never look back! Never look back! Idiot. Oh, it's like Looper, which also has Bruce Willis in it. It does. Man, can you imagine just watching all of Bruce Willis movies? That's actually one of the fun facts I have. Is he's in a, a high, high, high amount. Of sci-fi and of time travel. time travel movies. Wow. <sighs> You didn't stop it at all. And it makes you think. I told you, it's a film that is not a panderer, that's for sure. Right. That was bizarre. Truly bizarre. How bizarre. Thriller twists and turns to underworld crime set in New York City. Haunted by... Oh, Ben Kingsley is in this. He plays... And Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And the Tooch. Das tooch, das tooch. All right. I can't decide if this, on this beer can, I can't decide if it's an alligator or a snake with this dude. You know what? I also, it looks like it could be a snake, but I think the fangs aren't. It's a gator snake. You're a gator snake. You're trouser snake. Trouser snake? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what that means? You're a dick. Oh, I see now. Trouser snake. Get it? Oh, clever. Get it? Get it! Uh, we can make as much noise as we want, because we're not... Shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake your eyes. Shake your cocktail. Shake your cocktail. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Snoop, snoop. Oh, no. Oh, I forgot to tell you, this movie is slightly violent. Wow. Oh, God. Wow. Such violence here. Whoa. You are not kidding. This is like John Wick real quick all over again. He booked the bookie and took his book. Wow, so many people. Get I'm shot. telling you, man. It's like every thirty seconds. Yeah. So this is not the first time that we see Slevin in a towel, and apparently Josh Hartnett was a roommate of a screenwriter, and the screenwriter was always in a towel or something weirdly, vice versa. He it's based on a roommate, and also that's a real reaction. She knew he was gonna be in a towel, and he actually flashed her. I love the transitions in this movie. They're so smart. Yeah, that's very well done. That is one thing that I'm already crushing on over here. Yeah, the transitions are amazing. Genius. Genius, I say. She's so cute. And she eats pasta on a first date. Who does that? Only Lucy Liu. I did. Ballsy. That's another connection between those movies. Yeah. North by Northwest was playing in 12 Monkeys that they mentioned. No, it wasn't a movie. That was not North by Northwest. That's a Cary Grant movie, not Jimmy Stewart. No, sorry. The one that we were watching was... The man who knew too much, but they also referenced it though yeah, on the theater market. Yeah. Jeez, wow! Could we pick movies more similar? This is weird. 
Yeah. Bruce Willis. With oh. the same goddamn mustache, too. Oh, my God. He looks like the guy from the end. He does. <laughs> what if he didn't die and he becomes a specialist? This is... What if they sent him to whatever, to 2003? Oh, my God. The wormholes in this two movies we watched are insane. It comes full circle. The army of the sloven monkeys. I protect. You attack. Don't shoot her in the back. All right. Now we fight. It's not going to be a fair fight. To the death. Are you ready? To the death. Would you like to start opening arguments? Okay. Okay. So, first category. Why? Why choose? That's the question. Why choose? Why choose? Because. It's Why not an answer. Why 2D2? Why 2D2? Um, okay, so I chose this one because I just love the whole caper aspect, the twist. You don't know what's happening until the end, and then the end happens, and you're just like, wait, what? The first time you watch it. It's yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. So I chose 12 Monkeys because pure film school nostalgia. Makes sense. Tom Waits. Ah. Uh. And... Terry Gilliam is a bizarro genius. Very bizarre. He is the only non-English member of Monty Python. And it's super clear that those antics that he participated in shaped the elements throughout his film. Um, I watched Brazil in college, which is like his big standout. And I remember oh. just like being gobsmacked enthused Enthused. confused and totally enthralled it's like a litany of emotions that run through you when you watch a movie of his and the first time i saw this i definitely was trying like way too hard to synthesize this movie instead of just enjoying it for what it is yeah but yeah it's just it's just good it's also too i thought it's very bizarro it is very bizarre in fact not surreal almost it has surrealist elements, like with the futurism yeah. bits and pieces of it, but it's just weird, and I like weird, so. Yeah. How does your film fit the genre, Rachel? Um, It kind of has a number in the name, because it technically doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's a play on a number name. I, okay, so I figured we'd go through this and tally up the points based on arguments. Sake. Okay. So I'd say we're equally matched on the first question. Okay. Second question 12 Monkeys has to pull out because it has a real number. It has an actual number in it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> That's a real number. It's a real number. Okay. <laughs> not, a made, not a made up pun not, number. Okay. So I put pop culture significance. Um, ooh. See. So my... that could fall in under like fun fact trivia points of interest. Yeah. No. Mine's really like a hipster movie though. There's not a lot of. There's kind of references in it. Mm-hmm. It's like boss movie. It's a revenge movie. But there's not a lot of reference. It's like super closeted references in it. Well, it's also too Lucy. Not that I should be defending your movie, but yeah. Lucy Liu really pulls out the stops with her pop culture knowledge. Yeah, and it's like it's like a fanboy movie almost. It is like Bond, and like if you love crime capers, like this is yeah. The movie it's a crime caper. It's a revenge movie. There's a weird amount of sports in it. Like the kid still loved baseball. He killed the one bookie with a fastball. He threw it in the flashback. You see. Mm-hmm. He actually throws it. So it's it's a very, very, for me, it's kind of nostalgic. Yeah. But it also, as far as pop culture, it's not as famous. Like, it went straight to DVD in Germany. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But it was like they wanted to make the movie. And they put a lot of thought into the mm-hmm. story. And the actors liked being in it. But it's not as famous as yours. This is true. For sure. 
So the pop culture significance, I said, was since Brazil helped to solidify the worn out tomorrow theme. Um, It's like a grim, fanaticist, dystopian movie to the core. And I feel like that's really appropriate, especially now, like watching Mm -hmm. this in 2021. Where it's all about a virus and... Right, right. It's very on the nose. It's very much going after like bureaucracy was like the point of Brazil and that you can see like trails into this because that was his like, first movie. Yeah, okay. his first big one. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of like what set it set the precedence for this. Okay, um, it's a lot about prevailing against chaos, and I like that that chaos. is relevant to now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's desperate. It's dark. It's kind of humorless, except for the performances. Uh, yeah, it's really not funny. It was supposed to be a black comedy. Like, that's what but it was supposed to be. But there was no, like, be. one-liners or anything in no, it, No, and it was the overacting is what was supposed to be the funny yeah, part. Because, like, if you look at it through a Monty Python Willis lens. Willis was very dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's about fall of humanity. It's very yeah. pessimistic. Um, you think you figure it out, and then you realize it's not. They were just releasing the animals. Yeah. And I like that um, Cole fails. And I think that that's really realistic yeah. in this movie. Because it's not all like, uh, the hero saves the day. It's kind of like you just have to do what you can. You can't change it. And I right. really like that element of this. Um, I would say like this is like a tragic comedic movie. And, like not mm. funny like haha, but more like ironic. I mean, I almost wouldn't even call it a dark comedy. No. Because like I didn't laugh out loud at any of the lines or anything. No, it's definitely not. But... Um, I, I just like that it is very true to form for, like, what's going on today. And it's just, like, you just kind of have to hang on and hope that you, what you do is enough. Right. And it is it is a little pessimistic. And I always I always love, like, the surprise ending of that, like, it's him watching his own death. Yeah, so amazing. it's kind of just, like, you know your ending going in. And I thought that was kind of poignant in that. But he knew it the whole time, but he didn't realize that's what he was seeing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. So, what are some fun facts and trivia points? Bruce Willis. Bruce, Bruce Willis. <laughs> Do you realize if I had picked the fifth element, it still would have been the same thing? Or if I picked sixth sense, it yeah. still would have been So much thing. Bruce Willis. Like, where there's a Willis, there's a way. So, there's a point there. Yes. Um, I, I, again, a point for your movie. I loved Lucy Liu in this. Oh, she's phenomenal in this. You fall in love with her in this she's movie. She's got great comedic timing. Like, who knew? She was so fast. And what a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so unlike anything. Because her character is so, like, straightforward and severe in Kill Bill. And mm-hmm. then I don't think she's even, like, the funny one in Charlie's Angels. No, I think she's the serious one in Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So it's such a weird role for her to play. And she kills it. She, she kills does. it. Yeah, she's amazing. She's, not she's an kind of vulnerable, pixie. but she's not like damsel in distress vulnerable. She's not an NPDG, so she's just sweet. But she's and she, she, well, she went through. She was the one who found Mr. Smith. She's like, I'm gonna go do this thing, and I'm gonna. Go, it's a mystery, so uh, I'm gonna go to this hotel and get this shit all figured out. Mm-hmm. Oh, so now I'm in it, and oh wait, now he's gonna kill me, and she just went along with it. Mm-hmm. She didn't cry. She just no, but she was it. definitely wary, which is realistic. I mean, yeah. Yeah. She was great point, but like mm-hmm. Morgan Freeman kind of playing a bad guy. Ben Kingsley. Kingsley. Yeah. Tooch. The whole entire... Mm-hmm. Everyone's a bad guy. All these mm-hmm. actors you know and really like end up being like the bad guys in this movie. I would say they're gray. They're very gray areas. Well, I mean, in this movie, though, in this movie. from Slevin's mm-hmm. point, they're the bad guy. From the other, yes. Yeah. 
But it, the whole thing is one revenge caper, and you don't see it until the end. It's just so. They, but they tell he exa- he tells you exactly when he's talking to Nick Fisher at the station. He kind of spills out. This is what this movie's about. Which I and you don't realize. Hate. Yeah. And I loved it. Like, 12 Monkeys stars media en res, which means, like, you see the end at the beginning, but yeah. you don't really know that that's the end yet. No, it's his. But I did, I did yeah. like how you pulled that out. Be like, it's, he's the guy in the Hawaiian shirt as soon as you saw it. I was as like, soon as I saw her and the blonde hair, I was like, oh, my God, it was him the whole time. That's yes. amazing. And, um, but you see tiny, tiny little details. This is where my notes from the actual film come in. Yeah. Uh, you see the inciting incident in the very, very, very beginning. Oh, yeah. With the horse Which race. Is- and Real them smart. going through, they show you a lot of details and you don't realize that's what the details are. Like mm-hmm. how many times did they show Morgan Freeman's ring? But when his dad, you saw a hand with that ring holding the duct tape. Mm-hmm. And then they showed his ring, but it had been a solid 40 minutes. You might not even remember. Mm-hmm. I forgot that it's the same damn shotgun. So it, there's so many little details at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I really like all the transitions in the scenes, especially during like the chess scene, yeah, the where someone says something dope. and another character answers it, but I the question that. was meant for another character. It's like one of but my favorite ways to edit. Very, things. very well done. Mm-hmm. Oh, the movie is like super self-aware about it mm-hmm. though, because it's it knows it's a caper. I mean, you know what you're watching, and mm-hmm. he's just such a fuckhead. It's amazing. The <laughs> filming though is very dramatic, and all of the the um, back flashes and stuff like that though. The flashbacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not back flash. <laughs> back the back flashes. flash. The back flashes. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked it. It's I, well done. It was really good. It's well done. Uh, so mine, 12 Monkeys, is actually inspired by a French New Wave short film called La Jetée. Oh. It came out in 62, shot by Chris Marker, and I have no idea what it's about. We have to look at you. And I'm going to have to find it. But I thought La that Jeté. was cool because I the first time I watched this, I actually did not know that. Oh. And I I almost wrote my term paper on this, but I picked Silence of the Lambs instead. But, Naturally. Um, as one does. As, as one does. But um, one of the things that I think is a point of interest in this film is Terry Gilliam is absolutely notorious for shooting his scenes very cluttered. So if like you when you're watching it, it yeah. is just so packed There's with so much information yeah. that it's intentional. And this is how he's shot every single one of his films is that it's supposed to get better with each viewing because you notice more. Yeah. And I just there's just something about that that's super charming for me. And I'm just like, I love this. Yeah, there's a lot to mm-hmm. see in that movie. So watching it, I mean, I, ha- I probably have not watched 12 Monkeys in at least... Ten at the least, probably five to ten years. I mean, all the scenes at the mental hospital, like you couldn't see. Everybody was doing something in that uh-huh. scene. No one was just in the back. They were in the background, but they were doing something. Right. The one that cracks me up is there's that one, um, like kind of Dutch tilted single, of Bruce Willis while Jeffrey's talking to him, and you yeah. have that guy who's just like doing that weird dance in the mirror reflection. Yes. In the yeah. Background. And the one guy's just like shuffling like a zombie from yeah. side to side. Just simply, he's just doing that. It's just like it's such a layered viewing experience, and Terry There's Gilliam, so like it's on. like you're inside a Monty Python brain, is what you're seeing. Yeah, just like he had the really big success with like Life of Brian. Yeah, and he did a bunch of those Monty Python movies. Brazil was kind of like his standalone, sans Monty Python. Okay, his big hit, and then this one was also really big. He also did Heath Ledger's final film. Yes, Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. He also did Man. Um, Don Quixote, the new one. 
What? Yeah. We has, haven't watched that yet. It, the, that's the one. There's a great documentary called Lost in La Mancha all about, like, everything that's gone wrong with that film. And that film started shooting in, like, the 80s. Isn't Adam Driver in it? It was Johnny Depp. Oh. And then I think maybe Adam Driver. I don't know. I kind of forgot about it until yeah. I started watching this. I'm like, it came out in 2019. <laughs> it did come out finally? It did. It went, oh. I think it went straight to DVD. But I'm like, I need to watch this movie now because how oh, dare. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So why why should your movie win, Rachel? Um, Even though it doesn't technically have a number in the name. That's just But major. it's part of the play and it's part of the story, though. Mm. And it was on that list of numbers. Um, it, it just, it all comes back full circle. I just love this movie because every time I watch it, I'm still like so astounded. It's that, that reveal at the end in the cop car mm-hmm. when you can see the characters putting it together too. I love those pieces. Yeah. And then he, uh, but he still has a heart because he saves Lindsay because she wasn't really part of the play at all. Mm-hmm. And he still had to work around her. And it's such a soft little subtle love story. Just <laughs> so a baby sweet. love story. It's so sweet. But the characters are so memorable and mm-hmm. so like unique. Like he's an assassin who chose to save this kid and then he raises this kid and they come up with this plan for revenge for the kid. He didn't have to do that. No. And then Lucy Liu's character is just so phenomenal. And then the two bosses just haven't left their towers in 20 years because they know the other one's going to kill them. It's just such a unique story. It's not like I almost did choose Ocean's Eleven. But I've seen that one so many times. I'm kind of glad you didn't. Yeah. Because I actually really don't like Ocean's I just like... Well, that one, I really like the characters and how they play off of each other. I would say if we're going to do Ocean's Eleven, you got to do the Rat Pack version. I don't think I've ever seen the, the Rat OG Pack version. The OG is so good. Never seen it! But this one, it's it's so unique. And this movie mm-hmm. stuck with me the whole time. But it's, it's such a mm-hmm. weird genre but as far as numbers go. But when you realize the meaning behind the name... That was just like it's the click. all full circle. That was I like think the, the writing that is was the phenomenal. Thread, the thread that unraveled. The yeah, sweater. it's not just your classic. Oh, it's revenge. So I'm yeah. gonna kill everyone who gets in my way, even though they mm. kind of do. But it's yeah. so well planned. Absolutely, the story is so interesting. So good. Um, so I said why it should win. Um, I said because Terry Gilliam. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> because I just think I just love his direction. Bruce Willis. Uh, I didn't put that on there. I said solid character arc because I think it Cole's is. character arc is very interesting. Because well, he literally thinks he's insane for that part. Well, yeah. Well, it goes from him being totally solid mm-hmm. mentally, but maybe a little bit... Violent, if that... Um, Maybe not violent, but like... Hopeless. Yeah. Maybe is the word destitute. Well, there's a reason he volunteered. Right. I was going to use the word destitute. Yeah. But then he kind of like, as he's going into back into the 90s he kind of like starts to learn to like savor the moments because like i love the moments where he's like the air is so fresh i know i know know frogs frogs and the spiders and the moon and the water and you know like he lived like he's a human who lives underground so he hasn't really lived experienced those things as an adult because as we learn the incident of the viral breakout outbreak happened at the airport while he was there yeah so, I mean, there's that, but um, I just love how he learns and how he changes and then how he thinks he's insane and then how he's yeah, not he insane it, and now, he... like, people believe him and he's got, like, this hope. And of, like, he's not just doing it for his part and he's really trying to save five billion people. Right. And then he's like, I did my job, I'm out. And then, like, yeah. then he even learns, like, as he's got a foot out the door, yeah, he learns that he was wrong and then he immediately is like, I got to fix it. Yeah, I got to fix the world. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is really cool because like before, you know, you can kind of see it's more selfish motivation of like, I just want to get out of jail. Yeah. And then get a pardon. So I'm free. I'm out. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately he did get out of the, the system, so to speak, because mm-hmm. he, he died in the end. Spoilers. Right. <laughs> um, and then I also say the cultural relevance for today. I cannot believe it's about a virus. I know. I I was like, that's why I wanted to pick this one. Yikes. So I would say we're pretty evenly matched in some areas. Mm. But what film fit the theme best? This is how we determine the points This here. is so difficult because the theme is movies with numbers. So it has to go to 12 monkeys. That's What? Because it's a number. Slevin is not a number. Oh, my God. So that's one point for 12 monkeys. It's a pun. Overall film quality. Oh, that's a tough one, though, because they're both shot kind of mm-hmm. similarly, but also so differently. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like 1990s versus early aughts. So there's right. about a, there's probably at least a decade in between those two films, easily. At least a decade. Mm-hmm. Why do we think it came out? 96? 95 is when it came out. So it was okay. probably shot 93, 94. And this one was probably 03. Mm-hmm. So Actually, I can't early remember. 90s versus early aughts. Yeah, but because the direct, like, they're so mm-hmm. different between the two of them. As I would films. say they're evenly matched. They're both watchable. They both have the same kind of vibe. The two thousand six, two thousand six. It's exactly ten years. Yeah. So the difference between like watching a nineties film and watching an early aughts film, mm-hmm. as films progress, like you notice that the cuts are faster. Yeah. Their so- shots are shorter. It like quip. The quips are quicker, you know, it's like a quicker pace. Yeah. So that is one thing, like, when in terms of watchability, like, older films tend to hold the shots a little bit longer versus newer films. They cut away sooner, mm-hmm. which I'm I'm not mad at either of them. So mm-hmm. just because editing changed. Editing. So. Well, styling, stylus. Mm-hmm. Stylization definitely changed. So I'd yeah. say those are pretty evenly matched. Yeah. I think that's a rough. It's not like mm-hmm. one's like clearly a crappy movie. I just I really truly love the transitions of the movie. Mm-hmm. You're making fun of the wallpaper the whole time, but yep. it's like so bright and memorable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where mine was dystopian and derelict. So. Right, and then it was '90s, so it was grunge. Yeah, '90s grunge in a film. Um, yeah. The last criteria is which movie did we enjoy more? Like I like I'll watch Lucky Number Seven because I feel like watching it. Twelve Monkeys. I feel like you have to be in a mood for. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a sit down and enjoy it with a bowl of popcorn movie. It's a little heavier. Mm-hmm. I might have to take the point on this one. I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. I think it's just more enjoyable. Lucky as a number film. seven was way more fun to watch. It's, for way, sure. it's just fun. It movie. was just fun. And actually, I think Lucky number seven takes the cake for today. So you get a point. Yes, Bruce Willis. <laughs> First point of the 2021. Yes, Bruce Willis. 2021 season of being a film critic goes to Rachel and lucky number seven. I just enjoyed it more. Like I'm a, I'm a hard 12 monkeys stan. I can't believe I've never seen. Well, I I can believe I've never seen it. I just didn't realize how relevant it was. I I can't believe you don't hear about it more, especially now. Anyway, so you won this round. So to the winner goes the dice roll. Oh my gosh. So you get to decide. Two. Number two, so movies from 1968. Specifically 1968. <laughs> so that's our theme for next week. So tune in to the next episode of Live Aid and Film Critic where Rachel and I will be battling it out with movies from 1968. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at Libated Film. We're going to put a poll up on our Twitter. So when you listen to the episode, you get to vote on which film you like best and who you think won the argument and they get a bonus point 
per your choice. So that'll be there. We'll be back um, in two weeks on Wednesday with a new episode for you. And, um, you know, as usual and always, live long. And libate. We'll see you soon. 1968. 1968. That's so specific. Why didn't we choose 67? That's the year of the Impala. Hmm.